Hi everybody, I'm Todd Wine, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. You're invited to join my mission to embrace and share the innovations transforming the AEC, MEP, and manufacturing industries. We are switching it up today on Bridging the Gap with a special bonus episode. I'm joined by our fantastic editor, Eric Daniel, who makes all of us uh, sound the best that we possibly can. Welcome to the show, Eric. How's it feel to be on this side of the mic? Uh, thanks, Todd. It's good to be on the show. It's interesting to be on the other side. Uh, I'm you're excited. Gonna, <laughs> you're going to do great. So for all those listeners, uh, we thought we'd give them something something a little different on this bonus episode. We each have a couple stories that as we, we pulled going on, something trend in the industry-wise or um, some cool new fact that we found out about the AEC industry. We have no idea what the other one brought to the table, so it's a surprise to both of us, but uh, we wanted to take a a minute, look at some cool trend there, and unpack it further for the audience. You wanna start with your story, what you bring? Yeah, let's do it. So I have an article here from Autodesk's CMO, Lisa Campbell. Uh, She wrote an article in December called, Putting Your Company's Purpose First to Help Create Positive Impact. And the article unpacks essentially the reason why companies exist. And when companies define why they exist and live that out, uh, their bottom line's better, the world's bottom line is better, their customers are better off, everybody is better off. When I was looking at this article, the the question that, that kind of pops up everywhere is why do we exist and that meaning why do we uh, philosophical question you just posed there (laughs) it's really saying why do we exist as a company applied software has recently introduced customer success into all of their business operations and i wanted to take a look at this question with the context of our sister company evolve mep okay so Clay Smith, uh, the CEO of Evolve MEP, recently said that the purpose of that company was to address the technology side of the skilled labor shortage. And I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. With the the labor shortage going on in MEP, it's such an undercurrent there of just kind of the perfect storm of good and bad things that are affecting it. So you have all this business, which is great. Everybody wants more business, but then you have this kind of perception of the MEP industry, maybe not being as technologically advanced as, as what it actually is in real life. They're not the greatest at, at marketing what they are doing on the innovation side. And then you have this issue where most of the workforce is approaching retirement age. I've read something somewhere and I'm anticlimactic because I, I can't remember where I read it, but it's something like 25, 30% of the workforce is gonna be retired in like five years. And that's pretty dramatic. And you don't yeah. have the number of people coming into the industry going back to that perception problem that I mentioned earlier of there's all these kids coming out of high school that have so much pressure to go to college, don't do, go into the trades. It's uh, 
you know, the perceived as the dirty job or, um, you know, just a job, not a career. And so they're, they're wanting these high tech industries and they don't know that the MEP is one of those high tech spaces where they can go into and, and have this really cool career where they're playing with all these cool toys and, uh, uh equipment, whether it's the drones or, uh, even just the, the software that that's out there, you can do some really cool stuff virtual reality goggles you can go in and like see inside walls and stuff. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, so how Evolve MAP is coming along with Clay's quote there of putting their stake in the ground. Of like, this is who we're going to be known as. This is our big mission is we're going to go out and we're going to be shoulder to shoulder and lock arms with people in the MAP industry to, to help them figure out this problem. And not just on the software side of things where Evolve obviously picks up and tries to make it more streamlined and efficient on the software side, but they're backing it up industry-wise. Brett Stacks was on the, the podcast a couple episodes ago talking about what they're doing in that space on partnering with different organizations and networking groups and unions and going into actual high schools, educating the guidance counselors on why MEP is such a cool industry and they should help educate some of their kids that maybe college isn't the right fit for them and the MEP trades would be a perfect fit for them. So why kind of downplay that when it's what's best for the kid? And, and so uh, they're doing some really cool stuff there. So I, I think as far as putting your stake in the ground, I think that's a great quote from Clay. And this is what we're going to be. This is our mission, not just business-wise, but to try to impact the the lives of our end user of who we're really going after. Yeah, no, I think that's a great perspective and a great example of how one of the leading companies in the industry carries out their purpose to, you know, impact a wider globe, like have a wider global impact than just themselves. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's really neat. Uh, in, in the article, the example they used here was Autodesk's purpose was they exist to help people imagine, design, and make a better world. And the, the example they used was partnering with a construction company that helped their factory cut down from 30% to 10% mm. waste. Wow. And so it's, it, it's really, you know, living out your company's purpose seems to be as tangible as reducing waste or as broad as having an impact of, you know, all the kids out there wondering if they should go into the trades or not. Yeah. It makes me think of the interview with Sharon and, and Mark, where we talked about BIM and Burning Man. We got into uh, how, how do you make it really clear of what the objective is? She told the story of, you know, the, the artwork in the tent that she went and, and saw and there was all these different artists collaborating together creating one concept that they had no idea what the other person was going to do, but they knew they had the end vision in mind. And so I think working backwards is super helpful, especially in this context. If you know where the company is going and what the mission is, what they stand for, what the value system is, then you don't have to be in the, the nitty gritty of every single detail because everybody's going towards that same goal. Um, so I, I think that that can make a, a really big impact if you're really clear on that and then it's consistent communication 
of this is what we are, this is who we are, this is what we stand for. I think you can do some really cool stuff with that. So my last question is a two-parter. All right, lay it on me. So how do you think that other firms in the industry can apply this uh, sense of purpose to their operations and what might you know, our world look like in 2030 with everyone kind of living out their values? Great question. Uh, so for the first part, it, it takes work to come up with who you are and what you do. At Applied Software, we did you know, like a year long study to develop our, our mission statement. And we had focus groups with all these different constituents and departments and um, you know, people who had been here a short time, people who had been here a long time, people in sales, people in services, people in admin, to try to get, because everybody has a different perspective that they come to the table with. And so it's, it's making sure everybody's on the same page because if half the company thinks that the mission is one thing and they're charged into that, and the other half thinks something totally different, well, you're a house divided and those are always doomed to fail. So it, it's making sure you do the groundwork and the legwork to bring everybody together and give them all a voice. It can't just be from the, the top down saying, this is our new vision and mission. That's helpful to have the, the top on board with it, but it has to be everybody on the same page together and agreeing with it. And so to answer the second part of the question with where we're gonna be in 2030, and what kind of world that would look like. If companies could rally everybody around a specific vision and a specific goal, I mean, that would be a huge, huge impact. You know, I'm a, a swimmer all my life going through, if I was, had a big meet like in, in college or something, and I had a big goal that I wanted to hit in a time thing, if I didn't believe that I was gonna hit it, there's no way I'm gonna get it. Where my coach was always really big on uh -huh, like putting it up on the wall. So he would make us write down all of our times and we would have to put it up on the wall on like several different surfaces, wherever we looked so that we were always constantly reminded of that. And when he first rolled it out, it was a little hokey. I was like, all right, whatever. But I was amazed that it actually worked. Every single time I wrote a number down on the wall, I got that time in the end. So I think that goes back to you just got to be bold, believe it, don't doubt yourself, believe it, and keep pushing forward, and you're going to get it. That's great. I think that's a perfect analogy of the being challenged and also having accountability for lofty goals that you might set. Yeah. Great article. That was cool. Thanks. Thanks for bringing it. All right. So for mine, I've always been kind of fascinated with 3D printing and what it can do. We used to have a, a 3D printer at Applied Software and it was just amazing what it could print. These super realistic, like super intricate buildings on a small scale. But I've been intrigued on, with the concept of what would that look like on a big scale? Is it actually practical to print a building or a house or something like that? And so I came across this article I came across a couple, so I'm gonna merge a couple together. But the article was in AEC Magazine by Martin Day, and it was started with how humans are really good at innovating. And so it kind of grabbed my attention as my 
my tagline sign off for bridging the gap, keep innovating. I zeroed in on it. Like, oh, okay. Love innovation. Let's uh, take this a little bit further. So I'm going to stop and actually ask a trivia question to you first. Ooh, let's, let's do it. What is the most commonly used man-made material on earth? Any idea? Man-made material? Man-made. Does concrete count as man-made? Ding, ding, ding. Hey. All right. <laughs> Good job. There we go. <laughs> I like it. Winner. Second guess was like some kind of 3D printed plastic, but now that sounds a little obscure. So <laughs> go with your gut. Niche market. <laughs> Good job on the concrete. All right. As a follow-up, any idea when or where it was created, concrete? Oh, I'm going to say my, my thoughts go to Roman aqueducts or something like that. I'm going to say sometime before that. And since this has become a history fire drill, I'm not going to say a year. I'm just going to say a little bit before <laughs> the construction of Rome. You're close. Rome did use concrete and all their aqueducts, but it started 700 BC. <sighs> That's pretty far away from Rome, but... <laughs> Not too far. Rome's been around for like ever. That's that's true. <laughs> uh, and Jordan and Syria. I thought that was really oh. interesting. So, question: Would you ever live in a three D printed building? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Do you trust it? I think so. Uh, <laughs> I, I I have to admit that if it was a prettier looking building, I might be more inclined to say that I trust it more. But uh, I feel like I've seen a video of the big concrete hose printing out a building. And, yeah, you know, like Chipotle has the whole industrial look going on. So, I mean, they're pretty popular. So, uh, <laughs> it definitely would be a style that you would be yeah. going for here. I, could, I, I would do it. I, if anything, after seeing people make chairs and buildings and stuff with generative design, yeah, I, I would probably trust some constructed 3d printed building more than a regular one it kind of burst onto the scene in 2013 over in china uh, there was a wind sun that made 10 single story buildings in 24 hours using just prefabricated 3d printed components oh wow so that kind of was like the the launching point of hey 3d printing you can print really fast the problem with it is it's ugly oh okay <laughs> there was a uh -huh. analogy that it looked like elephant skin because it's all kind of rough and super bumpy and gross looking. Uh, so I, I continued down this rabbit trail and found that there's a company, AI Space Factory. It was set up in 2017 with the main purpose of winning a NASA competition. And the NASA competition was to build a 3D printed habitat for deep space exploration, including the agency to NASA's journey to the moon, Mars, and beyond. AI Space Factory won the competition last year. They won almost $500,000. There were 60 other people competing in it. It's a lot of concrete. Yeah, it was, it, again, not super pretty. I mean, it's essentially this big, big cone unit, but it was functional and like virtually indestructible. They put it through pressure and smoke and fire and 
at one point they had um, like a, a digger trying to push it down and it nothing would break it. Oh, wow. So it was, it was cool for a giant cone. It was pretty cool. Uh, I have one more question for you. Would you rather live on the moon or Mars? Definitely Mars. Mars. I was thinking yeah. the moon. <laughs> Why Mars? Uh, I am, to be clear, I'm not a fan of the, hey, you get to take a one-way trip to Mars and so not you're not going to be calling Elon Musk anytime soon? No. I'll call, uh, who wasn't in the movie? I'll, I'll call Matt Damon and help me grow some Martian potatoes. And That's true. If you got to live on Mars, make sure Matt Damon's there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, I, I don't know the exact missions that are going there, but it seems like if you lived on Mars right now, over the next several years, you'd have all kinds of fun rovers and spacecrafts and other tests kind of coming your way. So I think Mars, I think Mars is up and coming. <laughs> this is the place to be. That's right. <laughs> it's where all the hipsters are going to go. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'd, I'd be happy to be, uh, to be a Martian before it was cool. <laughs> nice. Before it was cool or ironically cool? Before it was even cool. Nice. <laughs> I, I would say the moon. I would go with the okay. moon. Because you could see Earth. I feel like that would be a pretty cool view. Earth is the prettiest planet. That's true. You, you would get the earth, you would get the nice Earth rise. That's right. I, I just lost viewers for all my other uh, planet fanatics out there, but Earth. Earth's the place to be. So is Pluto a planet? I am a, a kid born in the 80s, so Pluto is most definitely a planet. <sighs> Good. Hands down. That I don't, whatever they say, it's still a planet in my mind. Good. I think that's the perfect way to end it. <laughs> Eric, thanks so much for, for coming on. That was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed this bonus episode of the Bridging the Gap podcast. Thank you guys for listening. If you're interested in learning any more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com for more information. You can listen anytime to this podcast by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. Until next time, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Keep innovating. I said it again in case that sounded snarky. Thanks for listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Please spread the word by giving us a five-star review and sharing with your friends and coworkers. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our other applied software podcast, The AEC Disruptors. Thanks for listening. Bridging the Gap is produced by Alyssa Chartier and edited by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2020.